Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. For today, Rob, and with me are Adrian. I'm happy to be back. Keith. Hello. And Dylan. Dylan, you're. Wait, where's Dylan? <laughs> Dylan, come on, man. <laughs> Dylan, you're, uh, you're, you're looking quite pale. And... <laughs> and you're feeling a little under the weather, listeners. <laughs> you, you, you sound completely different as well. Next to you, telling us you've changed your name. I have. Oh, <laughs> well, Dylan is not with us today, alas. <laughs> Yes, uh, Dylan is on paternity leave. Um, let's give a shout out to Dylan. Congratulations, and... Dylan. Congratulations, Dylan. Yeah, he has <clears throat> he has a brand new son called Theo, and uh, filling in for him is Kev. Kev. Hello, hello, listeners. Yes, and uh, today we're going to be tackling theme park. Yay. Um, how many people around the circle uh, play theme park? When it came out, so fans. Oh, I played it. it. All of us, I think. I remember really playing it. Yeah, hours in the Amiga. Hours. Yeah, I gotta say, I love thing. I love the idea of Steam Park. Pretty much when it came out, and remember reading about it extensively. Like the PC version, the Amiga version. Ended up uh, getting it. Well, I didn't actually buy it, but I rented it out a lot from Blockbusters when it came out in the Mega Drive. I feel like I played a demo of it. Which was a really short kind of, yeah, I don't know, 30 minute kind of introduction to it. Um, it's on the PC. Okay. I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I remember watching, seeing the news, uh, the magazine articles going, look at this big game coming out. And it, it seemed really original and just seemed like, as a young kid, who wouldn't want to make their own theme park? Well, exactly. And Keith? I played it, I think, eventually on the Sega Saturn. Hmm. So we've got a bit, we've got like a good coverage of. Um, Systems here now. Who, does anyone know which company produced Theme Park? Bullfrog. Uh, yeah. Yes, Bullfrog. And in fact, Arcade Attack did a little history of Bullfrog a couple of years ago. So if you want, you can pause the podcast and uh, look <laughs> yeah. it up quickly. Did. Um, I have to say, when I was growing up, though, it was almost like a seal of approval. So if there was a, if there was a Bullfrog logo on an Amiga mm-hmm. game, I knew it'd be class. Syndicate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, classic games. Mm-hmm. Every for about four or five years. Bullfrog was, was the place to go for me. Yeah, uh, just to give a short potted history of Bullfrog, um, uh, formed by uh, Pete Molyneux, um, 1987. Their big first big game was Populous, comes out a couple of years later, sells about 4 million copies apparently, it's followed by Powermonger, Populous 2, Syndicate in 1993, all kind of big, well-reviewed games. And um, Theme Park was released the year after that, 1994, around the same time as... 
of a game called Magic Carpet. Yeah, which actually I don't think gets credit deserves either, but we'll talk about another pod possibly. Yeah, Magic Carpet, of course, being kind of a first-person shooter on a Magic Carpet. Who would have thought it? And uh, apparently, uh, the lead program on the game it was a guy called uh, Demis Hasidis, which I've probably pronounced wrongly. It's a kind of <laughs> Greekish name. But uh, this guy is actually a fascinating character. He could have his own kind of podcast about him. He was a child chess prodigy. Actually, he was kind of ranked... I think he was the youngest or second youngest kind of uh, grandmaster or something in oh, wow. like the world at one point mm-hmm. and he actually started out designing levels on Syndicate and um, like actually was the lead programmer for uh, Theme Park now you want to take a guess at how old he was when he uh, was the lead programmer on Theme Park I'm going to say quite a young the way you're talking quite a young guy I'm going to say really early 20s I'm going to say 23 19 yeah ooh I might hedge my bets and go 21, bang in the middle. <laughs> uh, you should have gone the other way. He was, in fact, 17 years old. Wow. Man. Can you imagine a 17-year-old? And anyway, uh, after he finished theme park, he apparently went to Cambridge University, came back to work with Pete Molyneux at his next company, Lionhead. Where he made black and white? Am I guessing that right? Uh, yeah, I think he may well have been involved oh, in that. Then he founded his own uh, company called Elixir Studios, late 90s. He was still like in his early 20s at this point. So then, uh, after that, he does a PhD in neuroscience. Uh, wow. Forms his own like, AI technology company called DeepMind. And DeepMind got bought by Google in 2014 for $500 million. Whoa. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, does he own his own theme park now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we can safely say he's doing a bit better than uh, Pete Molyneux right now. Mm. Who... Well, he's, he's an equally interesting character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of take his career's taken a bit of a downturn in recent years. Yeah. I, I still respect him. I think he did a lot for the industry, but I know you're saying he hasn't had the heights of the early days. Yeah, lots of games kind of not being completed, uh, Kickstarter pledges not being fulfilled, so on yeah. and so on. I'd buy him a bit. Quite a polarising character, isn't he? He really is. We should do a podcast about his games one day, I think, actually. He's, cause he's, mm. There's enough of them. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think would be the best part of making a game about theme parks? Uh, going to theme parks to get some deal research. Well, Bullfrog felt exactly the same way, Kev. And uh, apparently they travelled around the world taking notes on the theme parks and actually sampled sounds. Oh. And the sounds actually made it into the game. That's why Bullfrog were ahead of the time, because little touch like that, I think, add up a lot. So fair play to attention to so am, I, am I right in thinking that when you're playing the game, characters are sick? So were any of them sick as part of this research? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. And <laughs> did they record themselves being sick for the sound? Would you really need to record yourself? Like, <laughs> it kind of feels like you'd have to practice a lot just to get the right sound. Let's move on. Let's move on from, <laughs> from vomit. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. And apparently, anyway, while they were travelling around these parks, uh, they were kind of talking to some of the owners, and... Jonas would tell them the little kind of carny tricks they used to do. Oh, so a lot of which oh, may end up making it into the game. Yeah, okay. I, I, I know one of them. I don't want to ruin it, but I know mm-hmm. one of them. But uh, like, all this kind of took a long time. We're going to get into the kind of mechanics if anyone mm-hmm. hasn't played it mm-hmm. in a little bit. But um, it actually took a long time to make. Development um, went way over and deadlines kept having to be reset. And like, it would kind of keep being pushed back every few months. And um, apparently the game originally had a multiplayer option. 
that where you could actually kind of to, like, well, one person could play simultaneously and you'd be able to compete against each other's theme parks. I'm guessing taking turns. No. And you would actually be able to send, like, you'd actually be able to pay a gang of thugs to go around oh, one person's theme parks. The yes. <laughs> Was that one of the tricks that all Disney passed on? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think that's a little bit overambitious. And I, I, you know, maybe I'm being a bit of a selfish saying that, but that sounds ridiculously ambitious at the time. Well, um, <clears throat> almost like you turn it into a two player RTS. Game. Yeah. yeah, I think there are times for turn-based games and I mm. feel like the theme park has to continually flow and you don't need that interruption of flow. Mm. Yeah, where you stop by the other person well, has stop. their turn. Yeah. Well, uh, you aren't the only people who felt that way because it was dropped two weeks before the actual release date. Wow, so it must have been pretty advanced. Well, pretty much done. 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 Yeah. yeah, maybe mm. decided it wasn't going to work. Curious that they didn't release a special edition or something like that. With it included. Yeah. Hmm. Because there were actually kind of special editions that came after that, which we'll get into briefly later on. And yeah, they never actually kind of took that. So I guess it worked pretty well as a one-player game. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for anyone who hasn't played Theme Park, just kind of a quick run-through. First thing you see is a lovely early 90s 3D intro, where <clears throat> it's black and white and a family watching TV. And then a man comes out of the TV using full colour, dressed like Willy Wonka. Right. And what is this man's name? What is he known as? Uh, is he... I don't oh, tip my tongue. Like, isn't he just like the, the entertainer or something? Am I talking complete rubbish? The advisor. That's close. I'm close. Yes, and uh, the advisor takes this family into the TV, this wonderful world of colour, where um, they go into the theme park. And if you kind of play the original versions, I'm guessing... The uh, later kind of high grade satin mm. versions, you can kind of get little cutscenes with them going on the rides. Yep. Yeah, some nice 3D stuff. Yeah. Not in the Mega Drive though. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you remember the uh, the appeal of the 3D at the time? Because it was quite bad. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it's probably aged quite badly now. Let's be honest. But at the time, it's aged it's terribly. It's aged better than say CDI stuff though. Yeah. Or pretty, pretty much every all full motion video stuff mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Um, anyway, so basic premise of theme park, you start with a blank piece of land and you can put whatever you like in in terms of uh, rides, food and drink stores, games and shops. You can kind of decorate it with amenities like fences, trees, lakes or lampposts. Uh, people come in on buses, they pay to enter and of course you have to build roads to uh, link everything up. You'll queues to kind of take you into uh, each ride and they'll exit for each ride and if you're smart, You'll position the exits next to another ride or a shop or <clears throat> a game. Just basically, you know, the fun to spend money to come to the park. And uh, you have to try and please as much money out of them while they're in the yeah. park as you possibly can. So it's kind of like a capitalist dream, right? Yes, and, and actually, uh, this is a kind of a long-term project for Pete Molyneux. His first game in 1984 was a text-based business simulator called The Entrepreneur. Oh. Wow. It failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think in the back of his mind, he always wanted to kind of repeat the trick with uh, another business-based game. And he was really into, I think, the whole kind of capitalist idea mm. of theme park. Obviously, populist, power monger, all kind of very deity kind of based games. Yeah. And it's some kind of thing. You have all these small people and you're meant to kind of control them or manipulate them to doing what you want. Yeah. This man is now very rich and uh, presumably powerful. Uh, what the person who owns a theme park? The, the person who, uh, no, the person who ran it. Peter, Peter. Oh, Molyneux, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
we, uh, we, we can go into that. <laughs> Not as much as you might think. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, everyone played it. What was your favourite strategy when you were playing it? What was the most underhand, manipulative strategy you put into practice? Well, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to go into the, you, the little... I, the most thing... Go on, you The thing I really enjoyed in the game the most was probably making the rise, actually designing the roller coasters. Yeah. We'll come to that later, I'm sure. But I remember, as soon as you got a fish and chip sand, or a fish and chip sand, you put loads of salt on the chips. That's you put extra yeah. salt on the chips. And what do you put next to the chips there? Uh, a cola stool, a drink stool. And what do you do with the you cola stool? You water it down. With ice. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> clever. Mm-hmm. Clever. Keith? You stole mine. No. As <laughs> we talk about the salt and the watering down of the drinks. There are others. Did you um, ever kind of construct the roller coaster so people would crash on purpose? Yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for fun, yeah. I think if you did that, you get a bad reputation. The corporate man saw that. Just for fun. I kind of feel like maybe cheating as well. I'm sure there must have been some cheat codes. Oh, we will get into that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would say be the most underhand thing that I probably did. <laughs> I think um, what I would do is you put uh, kind of a ride at the big capacity right at the start. And then uh, you, what you do is you put the entrance, so you put the exit there, uh, right on top of a one-way only sign. So therefore forcing the punters to go in, like, right by the gift shop. And, um, uh, like, again, kind of stand, try and fleece as much money as you can out of them that way. The other good thing you do is you put um, a coffee shop right at the entrance and jack up the caffeine to the highest level. So they literally speed around the park. Level. Uh, okay. That's why I'm so addicted to coffee now. I've landed the theme park. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And of course, um, it goes beyond that, especially if you can kind of play the uh, PC Amiga versions, because uh, that's the basic kind of game, is you put rides in, people come, you sell them stuff. Uh, but there's much more to the game. You get more rides by putting money into research each month. Yeah. And if you put a lot of money in, uh, you'll get stuff a lot faster. Yeah. But at the same time, it also sucks a lot of money out. You have to hire staff, of course. Um, Hanny meant to uh, clean yeah, up and maintain the rides and stuff. <laughs> yeah, mechanics. Up all the litter. Yeah, the mechanics to maintain the rides. You have entertainers there, uh, kind of like in big kind of plush mascot suits or whatever to entertain people. I remember. And um, you have the option of uh, buying up your own land to avoid land taxes if you want. Um, you can buy shares in other people's theme parks or yeah, sell yeah. shares to them take out loans, uh, kind of make that higher or lower. And the uh, basically the aim is that after each kind of area, the areas into, I think, maybe two dozen, I'm thinking, um, areas around the world, less, small. Maybe 15. Yeah, yeah 15, 20. Definitely in the Mega Drive, there's about 20. But, um, yeah, the idea is that you have to take over, essentially, the world, buy and sell theme park for profit every single place. Good. Mm. I mean, I put so many hours into it. <clears throat> I have to say, I I loved it. I, it's such a. Before I played this Sim City, I love Sim City, um, which was a top class game. But this was just a bit more fun, wasn't it? Sim City 2000 was, I think, a really big influence on this game. It came out the year before, and I'm guessing maybe some of the delays. I'm just punting here. I haven't heard anything about this, but I would guess some of the delays were because they must have seen Sim City 2000 and thought, I like a lot of these mm. kind of ideas. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, but there's so much involved in theme park. You can kind of, you have union negotiations. 
and negotiations up over good price, goods prices. Isn't that with the handshake? You have yes. to control and you have to negotiate. And if you don't get the handshake, yeah. And if you're very good, you can get them to take a pay cut. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to uh, basically put your hand up to them, not quite. Keep pulling it back <laughs> and pulling it back until uh, just before the time runs out and then you kind of touch hands. And I have to say, this is the most capitalist I've ever seen you, Rob. <laughs> 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 and of course, uh, you have to continually order goods into the park, and you can only kind of order in as many goods as you have size in the warehouse. So there's a lot, really a lot going on here. It's quite a deep game, isn't it? And mm. I think on the surface, it looks like a fun kind of not childish game, but you know, you build, build a few rides. Yeah. yeah, build a roller coaster, have a bit of fun with that. It's like running a real business. Yeah, it's a business sim, isn't it? It is basically, and I think yeah. that's a good thing. I, I really do. Well, what is it you do uh, for your day job again, Adrian? <laughs> teach a certain subject. <laughs> <laughs> you teach theme park management. I should, shouldn't I? That should be a whole lesson, just, just get on theme yeah. park, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, theme park did come out on the PC uh, originally, kind of late 94. Um, what other, we talked about some of the other versions, uh, came out on Mega Drive, I think, was the first. No, until that, actually. I don't think Mega Drive was the first adaptation. I have a feeling. It was a 3DO. Wow, okay. Amazingly enough. Wow. Because, uh, obviously, 3 EA being uh, the owners of 3DO, they were the distributors for Bullfrog at the time. Of course they were, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that had a lot to do with it. But also, uh, Mega Drive, SNES version came out originally. Keith said the Sega Saturn, yep. Amiga, PlayStation. Um, Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> Atari Jaguar. There is one. I own it. But also, um, a couple of... Sus- uh, more obscure systems that I don't think we've ever talked about. Oh, really? Yes. More obscure than the Jaguar. That we never talked about. I, I don't remember ever talking about either of these systems. Ever. Did it come out on the Amiga CD32? Correct. Do you know what? Is it really sad? Uh, I want one of those bad boys. It's a bit sad, I keep it? looking at them, but they're a bit too rich for me. Uh, I'm, I'm at the moment. If I want the lottery, I'll definitely get one. <laughs> There's something so interesting about that console. And it came out on another system, which uh, is even more obscure than CD32. Wait, let's guess. Let's have a guess first, please. CDI? No, more obscure. Look to the east. What? Like the Famicom? Which way is east? I don't know. This is a system that was only ever released in Japan. Never actually made it here. And I believe the first... Uh, CD-based console system. Say what? Oh, come on, we're going to kick ourselves. Are we going to kick ourselves? I don't know, I've never even heard of it before. Oh, okay. research. So CD-based. Um, Shall I just... Was it the Turbo Duo? It's the FM Towns. Oh, FM Towns. I've heard of it. I've heard FM of Towns. it, but... Yeah, I'd literally never heard of it before yeah. I did this research. I've heard the AM Cities. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it took that even that took me a few seconds. <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> and obviously, uh, very well received when it first came out. But um, funny thing, like the p- reviews for the PC game, like really high. PC Gamer gave it ninety five percent. CBG gave it ninety two percent. Edge a little bit lower, eight out of ten. But I remember the Edge being like strict markets. Yeah, they were very serious Edge magazines. Mm. Yeah, and the Sega version got very good, good reviews as well. Mean Machine Sega gave it ninety three percent. Games Master wow. Sega Power and CBG all gave it ninety one percent. And that was the system I that was the system I played on, and the Mega Drive version has a lot left out of it compared to the PC one. 
I mean, for instance, there's no intro, obviously, yeah. but also you can't customise the signs on rides. Like, you can kind of get the clown entertainers and mascots available. But also kind of other things that affect the gameplay more. Um, apparently, I think Dylan was telling me of this before, the whole kind of salt on the fries thing, watering down the, the beer, all that kind of stuff in the saloon, it has no effect. What? On, uh, whether, on how people actually behave. So, What's the point then? Yeah, why not just take it out? If, it's well, not, if it doesn't affect the gameplay. I suppose because if you remove the feature, people are going to compare them. So. If the feature has no effect. Well, I don't like, think... If people don't realise it has no effect. That's correct. I don't think anyone did realise it had no effect. Yeah. Would you realise you've got a watered-down beer at the pub? You've got a watered-down version of the game. But there's also more stuff. Um, it's you know, stuff that seems small, but isn't actually that small. The handyman, the, the people who actually uh, pick up all the litter. Yeah. On the main PC games, you can actually set a path for them, like, like a route for the them path. to cover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe like, you can't do that. You they you actually have to pick them up little pincers and put them where you, where you want them to clean up. And they will always always wander to the furthest reaches of the park. So you have to literally <laughs> spend most of your time, like you know, play, like finding them, placing them in that place, and you can't blame them, Rob. Well, they want to chill out. Just, <laughs> back, maybe yeah. this is what happens when you have Hide a them. So they do have you even in the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why then. Um, but the, I think, like for me, the main issue with the Mega Drive version is, um, although actually, I should really kind of uh, say some good things about it first. Um, there are certain rides to make ride version that aren't available on the PC one. Wow. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty well, a bit. Yeah. yeah, and um, also, I believe, I don't know if it's true, I don't really play the PC one like, enough, so I can't say for sure, but if you go to, say, um, Antarctic, Antarctica or whatever, the Mega Drive version, it's all snowy. If you go to, like, Egypt, uh, Egypt is all desert, and apparently uh, that wasn't in the original version. Really? Or was it? I don't know. I, oh, I don't know. I've not played the PC. I just remember massive green land. I, maybe, you know, just, that's all I can remember. Maybe really. that was the thing. Yeah, maybe, possibly. Is it? Am, I, uh, am I alone in thinking that this type of game is probably favoured on the PC versus a console? Because <clears> anything with, anything with a cursor. Any, yeah, really. exactly. yeah. So, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We don't really kind of talk about how they were kind of PC Amiga first games. We don't really, we don't really think about them like that, but a lot of the kind of bullfrog ones are like that. You can make an argument for Desert Jungle Strike, Lemmings, obviously is another one of those games, Cannon Fodder. Mm. I think really any game where you have kind of a set, like sandbox kind of screen you can wonder about and kind of go from side side up or down, whatever, yeah. but it's a fixed level. If that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a mouse man, basically. Those games, <laughs> all the games you listed there, a better with a mouse, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. Amiga and PC and mouse. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you, we've argued about this before, some console controllers can do it well, but... I yeah, I mean, you, you get used to it. I mean, like, June 2, I played that on the Mega Drive, never had a problem. See, I wouldn't be able to do it on the Mega Drive. You'd probably find it frustrating. I, I suppose it's what you're used to. Yeah. You know, I grew up playing console games, so I never knew any better, really. Yeah, I think the other kind of thing is, a mouse can be very... Difficult to control sometimes in the sense that a little kind of movement will take it further than you, mm, you actually need to. That's true, yeah. The joypad can be a little bit better for that. 
We'll have to agree to disagree there, Rob, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the, the D-pad on a controller can be just as bad as the mouse. Uh, probably worse, to be honest. Mm. I think you've got so much more flexibility to locate what you want to click. But I think like the main issue with the Mega Drive version is, because um, they have less memory, uh, they can't really... They can only really handle so much on screen, so you can't really put squeeze in as many things. Mm. It'll say it's a quote-unquote fire hazard if you try and put too many things <laughs> okay. in close together. And I think, but more than that, um, as far as I'm aware, they have less actual people coming to your park. Yeah. There's people on screen, and um, like basically what that means is because there are less people, you end up making less money. Uh. Yeah, and which makes the game actually more cumbersome. To, uh, so the limitations of the hardware make the game more difficult. It's not really fair, is it? No, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure on that, but I'm about 90% and sure on that. Potentially the removed gameplay as well, so less enjoyable. Yeah. So, we'd say, uh, I mean, but consensus. if you drank a watered-down beer in the Mega Drive version, it would have exactly the same effect as a proper beer, so <laughs> you're winning in that situation. But are you paying any less money for it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can have as much salt in your chips, but you don't, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have any heart Exactly. So you know more yeah. likely to have a heart attack. Well, you know, that's good. <laughs> so anyone with heart problems, play the Mega Drive version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, going into some of the other versions, there was a Mega CD version mm-hmm. done by Domark. Domark? Oh, God, that's yeah, a blast from the park. Domark, yeah. which obviously became IDOS and then Square Enix. Yeah. Well... Uh, there was a PS1 slash Saturn version done by Crystal Software. Wasn't that a more up to date sort of 3D version? Am I talking rubbish? Was it still... mm, no, no, that's the same game. game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It was oh, the yeah, same yeah. game, but obviously it had all the cutscenes and things you had in the PC sure. version. Yeah, Crystal also did the uh, theme hospital port as well. CD32 was done by Mindscape. Not really. Yeah, Mindscape weren't really a big company, but they were known for two big games. They did Paperboy for the NES. Mm. And Wing Commander for the Super Nintendo. Oh, right, okay. Wing Commander. Was that only for the uh, Super Nintendo? Because I have Wing Commander on the PC. Mm. Yeah, but they did the Super Nintendo conversion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, did not the PC version have like uh, Mark Hamill? Yes. Do you know what? That's a good game. Wing Commander is a good game. Hmm. I have to say. Anyway, I think by this point, Mindscape uh, were kind of being passed around, bought and sold by companies. So it didn't really, I guess, get a chance to. Really established themselves, and um, which company did the SNES Jaguar versions? Oh, blimey, I should know this. Company um, with lots of uh, franchises, a bit like Acclaim, actually, you oh, might no. say. Accolade. But more like no. the Nintendo version of Acclaim. Ooh. Oh, see, I've, I, I own this box, I've played it relatively recently, I should know this. I can't think of it. Ooh. They, this is not a company well known for the quality of their games. Oh, no. But they did a lot. U.S. Gold. No, that's a good guess, though. That is a good guess. Please, my guess. It's wrong. But <laughs> yeah. It was Ocean. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they, they did, yeah. They did. You know they did what? Ocean are hit and miss. They are hit and miss, but they got a few good games. Go on. You know, beach Volleyball and the Amiga. I love playing that game. I think it's what Ocean made it. They did all the licensed games on the home computers, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. The late 80s. Yeah, they were mediocre at best, to be fair. And um, actually, Jaguar was probably the worst-reviewed version, amazingly enough. Uh, a lot of complaints that it slows down far too much. And um, also no save function. I put my hands up. All those bits, all those 64 <laughs> bits. Do the math. 
I've, I've put my hands up. I played it recently. It just wasn't the quite. It wasn't the same experience to when I played the Amiga many years before. So I have to. I have to say, I agree with you. Unfortunately, the, the Jack version wasn't brilliant. Got eighty five percent in Atari Inside, eighty two percent in ST Computer, and Electronic Gaming Monthly six point five out of ten. It's not good at all. No. So, um, how well did Theme Park do when it got released? I would hedge a guess that's probably Bullfrog's best ever selling game. Um, possibly. Well, I think it done extremely probably well. a good shout, yeah. Yeah. Um, it did incredibly well in Japan. Really? Wow. Yeah. Also uh, very popular in Europe, but not so much in the US. Apparently, uh, the company themselves thought it was because it was a bit too cartoony. The graphics. I don't really see I why that was. Like that. No. Any theories on why it might not have done as well there? Maybe just if maybe Entrepreneur was released in the US and <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't trust this developer anymore. <laughs> I think it might have been a British one. I don't know. Um, well, maybe it's because they got no bigger theme parks in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they hate capitalism as well. Exactly. That's maybe why. there just wasn't an appetite for that kind of game. I mean, again, I think games like Populous and stuff like that, I think they were much more popular in Europe. Europe. Um, Are you suggesting it might have been too smart? No, no. As as you'll see, as you can wind that back, I did not (laughs) say that. Just putting those words into my mouth. But I reckon probably the same could be said probably for the theme hospital as well. I don't think that was very popular in America. Hmm. I mean, obviously, we are referring to our American listeners, who obviously amongst the smartest. They must be. They listen to us. (laughs) There you go. Uh, yeah, um, Wikipedia says it sold 15 million copies. That is a lot. 15 million. Well, Pete Molyneux told Rolling Stone last year that it sold 15 million copies. But that could mm. just have been the uh, interviewer mishearing him on the, t- the tape. Before. Yeah. I'm guessing because... 15, 15 is quite close. <laughs> <laughs> that would, 15 million would put it amongst the biggest selling games of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no way that's true. Yeah, um... But anyway, uh, it did pretty well in general. And um, there were kind of follow-up games to it, as we were referring to earlier. The first of which was called... Theme Park World. No, the first of which was actually called Shin Theme Park. Released for the PlayStation and Saturn in 1997. Shin. Yes, Shin. It was a Japanese version of Theme Park, very much like uh, the original, but with anime-style graphics. And other kind of small touches, like... um, Amongst the trees and plants, you could put in stuff like lotus blossoms. Oh. And obviously all the language is, is in uh, Japanese. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a very small, minor change to the game, though. Just uh, the felt cultural. I guess. I mean, if you were like releasing it four different systems, yes. like two or three years on, I guess it made sense mm. then to kind of update it. But yes, uh, after that was Theme Park World. Released on the PC in 1999, and the PS1, the Mac, and the PS2 in 2000. I had that on the PlayStation 1. It, again, I wanted to like it, but it just wasn't quite the same for me. It just it had the same... I don't know, maybe I moved on a little bit of them sort of games, really, but it wasn't... I don't know if it was reviewed very well, but Theme Park World never really... Hit the was it just more of the same? I just remember being Not quite... changes. They were trying to make it much more sort of 3D-ish. You could sort of move oh, around right. the park, I mean really blocky, it didn't flow very well. I always thought they tried a little bit too hard. Maybe I'm just... That's actually almost my notes, word for word. <laughs> um, you can walk around the park, uh, actually go on the rides, but it's like blocky 3D graphics. Yeah. Um, uh, it was got mid- middling to positive reviews, kind of early to mid-80s. 
not really spectacular. Um, it was actually called Sim Theme Park in the US. Because, mm. as we kind of said before, Theme Park didn't really do that well there, mm. but um, Sim Games did do very well there. Yes. And um, who brought up the Sim Games? Maxis. was acquired by EA in 1997. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> and uh, by this point, I, I don't know, like, EA, I think, I don't know if they acquired Bullfrog in 95 or 2001, maybe, I think Bullfrog may have merged with EA Europe in 2001, but yeah. I think by this point it was pretty much an EA subsidiary, so they thought, well, it's kind of Try and sell the US, make it a sim type game. Mm. I don't know if it really worked that well. Yeah, sad. Bullfrog's not around anymore, is it? So, no. No. That's sad. And uh, after that, um, Theme Park Roller Coaster on the PS2. Never played it. I don't think it was that I memorable. I reckon, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but I think that Roller Coaster Tycoon came out mm. very soon. I don't think you talk about this. Um, yes, it came out in 1999. That, um, that, that ripped up the rule book. I loved Roller Coaster Tycoon. I played quite a few of the versions. And I just think they took the best bits of Theme Park and just expanded. I'm, I have to say, I like both games. I do have about, you know, the soft spot for both. But Roller Coaster Tycoon was brilliant as well. Yeah, well, Roller Coaster Tycoon obviously being a sequel to Transport Tycoon. Chris Sawyer, same guy. What a legend. And what do you, like, you say you like it more. What is better about, where, like, compare the two games? What's... I think, I don't think there's as much kind of subtle things like moving, putting extra salt and chips and so forth, but the actual logistics of making roller coasters, for example, is amazing. You can make, what, theme park, you're a little bit, there wasn't as much, you can make a loop-the-loop, for example. I know you can make loop-the-loops and so forth. You can't even do that in the Mega Ride version. It's all flat. It's all flat. Flat roller coaster. Flat roller coaster. Ooh. But roller coaster. Like a monorail, basically. Monorail. <laughs> you can recreate the Simpsons, effect, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. You can do that anyway. That's fine. You have yeah. clothes. You could. Um, anyway, Roller Coaster. Really came off my pudding <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That's one of the best episodes ever, by the way. Um, no, I just remember Roller Coaster Queen. The graphics were sharp. You can make the exact. I spent hours making these huge. Uh, you know, I think I made Roller Coasters too big, if that makes sense. And uh, I think my pants were always too scary. But I thought, I'm going to do it anyway. And you can build these huge things. And the amount of size. Theme Park, there was a certain limit how big you can make your coasters, but roller coasters like could unrealistic roller coasters, but it was so fun. I know. And uh, of course you have a much bigger kind of playing surface yeah. than it's all um it's kind of done as semi three D. Yeah, I would say it's sort of pretty isometric view. <clears throat> yeah, uh, isometric. And I, I don't know if it's roller coaster tycoon one or two, but you can actually build coasters underground and so forth. Mm, and just nice. just little things like that. I just loved it. And you already have like kind of hills, rivers all the kind of stuff already there and you have to build it around there okay yeah. that's right yeah great game mm. but um, going back to uh, Theme Park Theme Park Inc was released on the PC in 2001 um, it was kind of again like kind of building Theme Park but it was more set like more fixed there were kind of lots of obje- specific objectives you had to meet um, like staff training mm. stuff like that to unlock new portions of the game and also you don't really own it. You're kind of an employee that's hired by the hired by the owners, and they can fire you if you're not doing a good job. Well, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Well, this is the worst piece of capitalism, man. Mm. Yeah, that uh, got kind of middling reviews, late sixties to early eighties. That's pretty pretty big drop. It's a shame. Yeah, like just like a roller coaster. Um, it's a shame, though, isn't it? Because such a great start to a series. 
you'd think if they really took the time building this series up, it could still be around today. Huge theme park games still available now. Well, I think, as we kind of mentioned earlier, they moved on to a theme hospital late 90s. Great game. I have to say, I love that game. Guy who leads on that was uh, Mark Webley, again, my programmer who worked on theme park. <clears throat> How would you compare uh, theme hospital to theme park, having played both? They both have that kind of humour about them, which I like. I know it's not, you know, that's, they're the kind of things that I think uh, you can put them together, the great sort of sense of humour. Theme Hospital, sharper graphics, obviously it's a bit later in the day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you, you get this, you get the same sort of world. Honestly, you get the same sort of world in both. And I think Theme Hospital took the best bits of Theme Park. Uh, I know they're making roller coasters. But it's surprisingly fun. Some of the illnesses and diseases you've mm. got in that game were just hilarious. I think you could turn to Elvis Presley. I can't remember what it's called, but <laughs> like a Presleyitis or something. I think if you're making a video game about building a hospital, you have to make it yeah. humorous. It shouldn't it work. I don't think it should work as a game because it sounds ridiculous. The idea of it does. Yeah. But it, 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 so it much really fun, works. But it was. I'm, I'm a bit surprised they didn't make more kind of theme games because I thought theme park, theme mm. hospital, this is. It's build up a great kind of legacy. Mm. Well, I think it kind of got um, overtaken by the whole Sims thing. Yeah, that yeah, which was huge. It got to the point where you can do pretty much anything in that, can't you, really? But what kind of thing game would you like to see, mate? Do you want to hear? I've actually thought about this, honestly. Yeah. honestly I, was I, this I, rehearsed? Yeah. This is not stage. It's not at all. Because I, I thought, <laughs> this might be a bit weird, but I thought, how cool would it be to make like a themed school game? And you can actually design your school... Uh, different classrooms, um, you have to hire teachers. So let me get this right, you're going to bring your work home with you. <laughs> I thought of this, honestly, I thought of this idea um, before I went into education. Honestly, I thought it'd be quite an interesting game, you could, yeah. you could make your own, I think it'd be quite interesting. Exam you know, the you went into education, mate, you kind of pictured this game, and the work would be just like that. Not exactly. Well, you, you obviously chose the wrong career. If you were Michael Gove, you could get into government and bring all kinds of crazy ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Gove. <laughs> um, so anyway, to close out, um, I thought I'd ask, since we are talking about a franchise that could still be around today, Theme Park was released tomorrow mm. on uh, these current kind of systems. What would you like to see? What kind of features would you like to be in? What would you like to see corrected from the original? Well, I just think, how cool, you know, as a kid, everyone loves going to Theme Park. Do you remember those days? Mm. I, I remember going to Fort Park Chessington, Orton Towers. They're like the best days of your life yeah. as, a, as a young teenager, young kid. You remember them. So the idea you can create your own park is actually incredible. And I still think today's youth, I still think it's relevant. Mm. And I think there's an opportunity to move the times. I mean, you look at these new kind of Harry Potter worlds in Universal Studios. If you could kind of create your own kind of weird 3D sort of game, 3D sort of rising within the game, how cool would that be? You know, proper simulators. Well, I was going to say you could have... Sort of VR capability. Yeah. So that once you've built your roller coaster, you could experience it Although, in theme virtual park, reality headset. You could actually click on the rides and actually go on the rides, couldn't you? Do you know, yeah, but now you could actually have it in yeah. actual VR. Fair play. So and that would probably be quite fun. And you could actually license properties and like kind of bring out their own versions of the game based around that. Yeah, so, so like you said with Harry Potter, so yeah, you could have your actual, your own actual theme park. So we're, it is quite a saturated market, though, right now. There's, there's a new game. Or virtual oh. reality? No, no, I'm talking about theme park games. Oh, really? Well, honestly, there's a new one. I just, I've, got, actually, I've actually got on the PC. My, my son plays it. I can't remember it. I've played it for a bit. 
And it's the same kind of thing. It is. You build your own park. Yeah, it's more up to date. I I shouldn't run the name story, guys. It'll come back to me in a minute, hopefully. But is there room for another roller coaster game? Would the theme park brand still be big enough? Do you know what my roller my uh, theme park type game would be? Go on then. I call it Death Trap. (laughs) 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 The aim would be to kill as many kind of people who come in as possible. Like make a theme park that's simultaneously fun and also deadly. Would you, uh, would you market this game towards young kids or uh, slightly older kids? Or? Any, any of them are fine. It's not like they're actually going to go out and buy their own theme park and turn into a death trap. <laughs> you never yeah. know. Don't try this at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. It does sound a bit dark. <laughs> death trap. But there's space for in the market. You agree with that at least? Uh, I think there's space for it because nobody's done it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, the death trap one. Death trap, yeah, that's that's yeah. original. I'll give you that. <laughs> How do you get people to keep coming back once it's got a reputation for people dying on your rides? Mm. I suppose you just program code to say people continuously come and <laughs> you kill them. Yeah. I think maybe, uh... It's the experience, Keith. <laughs> yeah, whether you survive or not, it's half the fun, right? <laughs> Yeah, people write in their TripAdvisor reviews afterwards. I, I, lost, I lost half my family, but, you know, it was all part of the experience. <laughs> like, people do Can't base, wait to go back. People do, like, base jumping, and um, I can't think of the name right now, but that kind of thing where you basically kind of, fly, like, oh, hang glide like, horizontally. Yeah, and, and then people go spelunking and stuff like that. That's incredibly dangerous. What do you reckon, then, moving on a little bit, if you met... You know, the Red Bull spot where everyone keeps dying. <laughs> Moving on quickly, Peter, <laughs> if you met Peter down the pub and he, he looked a bit sad, you know, things aren't going so well for right now, would you say to him, come on, Peter, let's get on it, what would you say, another theme park game going? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, would you try would and... Would you encourage Peter Molyneux to make another theme park game? Oh. Um, I think he's kind of got his own stuff going on now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Rob saw him in the pub, he'd just leave him to it. Yeah. No, apparently, uh, it's like his newest game is one where you just kind of walk around. It's just, a, isn't it a mobile game? Yeah. Yeah. He, he reckons it's uh, more people play that than pretty much every any game he's ever released. Wow. Like Pokemon Go, but just walking. <laughs> kind of. I think it's like kind of walk on paths, and I haven't played it. No, I, I think it's, it's quite popular. Mind, but I'm struggling with the objective of this game, I have to say. You just walk. Why well, does it have to be an objective? You can just explore stuff. You like you go. I can walk without holding. What are your legs for? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to walk in a computer? Uh, we're going off on a wild tangent mm-hmm. now. We were playing a golf game like before we started recording this. Have yeah. you ever played golf in real life in your entire life? <laughs> I have actually. Yeah, yeah me right, too. I'm terrible at it. That's why I play video games. Well, it's going well not too far from here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. Certainly, everybody has the ability to to, to walk without. Requiring all the Strictly true. But you can't walk in a field. <laughs> but, you, but you can't. <laughs> he's got you there. He's got you there. Yeah, he's got you there. Uh, Obviously, Keith, you raised a very good point. And uh, I, I take back my comment. I, I can only apologise. So, so theme park. Being final, final thoughts on theme park. <laughs> It's a good. I don't know. I liked it. Like I do wish the Mega Drive version could have been more like the version I was dreaming of. But I can't say it was especially bad adaptation. It was fun. You did not any better. Yeah, you still had the core of the game. There. I mean, the thing with the Mega Drive version is you have to find what the cheats are and get infinite money, <laughs> and just then it's fun. You can basically do whatever you want, make your ideal. 
It's probably one of the fastest cheats I've ever done for a video game. Really? How do I get money? I'm ashamed to admit it, but I put so much, you know, you, you just want to build the ultimate theme park. You know, I went back and played it properly, of course, but, you know. How far did you get? Oh, I did all right, actually. I put some good hours into that game. And me and my brothers, we took time sort of playing together. I know it's not a two-player game. We kind of worked together. Oh, should we put it here? And, you know, my, I think my brother's a bit neater than me. He's like, make sure the path is straight. And I was like, nah, it's just webs. I think we were quite good actually. We tried to not use the cheats when we went back and played properly. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. I, that was always my trouble. I would try and play properly and then just take in the cheats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. But has this tempted you to actually get the full version, Kev? The full version of Theme Park? Hmm. Uh, no. Has it tempted you to actually buy your own Theme Park and make it in, in the real world? I would love to buy a micro theme park tailored at kids, which uh, turns out to be Death Trap, maybe. Aren't most of the now we're talking about murdering children. That's okay. I don't think we should be Great first podcast. 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 Maybe the FM towns. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there, like, there was a Nintendo DS version release. Okay. Um, I think there have been newer versions, but they weren't really especially mm. popular, I think. But I think maybe they could update it. It's, it might work quite well on the DS with the stylus. And could be, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. a business sim thing is something that, you know, is worth revisiting. Mm. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.